Hello, everybody, and welcome to show. I like show better than podcast. To the secret podcast. And you're not supposed to be listening to this. And remember not to tell anybody because it's a secret. Shh. It's a secret. Was like the first domino in in the show that kind of just like toppled into me just hating it because there are just so many dumb, stupid fucking things in the show. Um, <laughs> there's there's another one too, uh, just minor details. Um, what should we call it? Uh, okay, so Will's older brother in one of the episodes, uh, he's like, "Fuck, nobody believes us." Like, "Mom, nobody believes us." I'm gonna go find Will myself. I'm gonna go out in the dark. I'm gonna go out in the woods. Bring my camera. And I'm gonna find Will. That's what I'm gonna do. And it's kind of established that there's this love triangle with this Nancy girl and Johnny Cool Guy who fucks. And Nancy and Johnny Cool Guy are up in Johnny Cool Guy's bedroom, and he's deep-dicking her. He's going to town. So Will's older brother, if again, if this is high school logic, the dude would just pack up, leave, try to forget about it, and probably cry to himself because that's sad. That's, that's, a, tra- that's a traumatizing thing to see, to stumble upon. But what does he do? He's just like, oh, well, I'm already here. The film's already rolling. Shit's already hot. I might as well just take some photos. Like, what? Why is it? The whole point of that is just so they can have photo evidence of, like, this is where Barb was last seen, and she was right on the, the diving board of the pool. And it's like, that's so fucking, that's bad. That, again, that's bad writing. <laughs> like, there's, that's not how that situation would go. If you saw the crush that you are clearly got the hots for, and she's banging Johnny Cool Guy, you leave. You're not staying there. You're not taking photos. Like, what the fuck is that? That's so fucking weird. Um, another thing, once, once Will's older brother and Nancy team up and they're like, okay, we got to find Barb and my brother and stuff like that. Um, they go to this gun store. I don't know what gun stores were like in rural Indiana in the eighties, but these kids are clearly not 18. They don't have their gun license. I don't even know if the gun license thing was a thing back in the day, but either way, it's like clearly illegal to give minors guns and bullets. <laughs> and instead of taking the time to create this roadblock of like, okay, how are they going to get this, these bullets or these guns? Are they going to have to like wait until the store's closed and then break in to get it? Or are they going to have to like create this fabrication that like manipulates the guy into giving them something? Because again, it's like, it's more compelling if good characters do something bad for the greater good. It kind of like muddles the line of good and bad. Um, it creates a compelling argument and it kind of, it forces the characters to go to their absolute like depths of desperation to do something in order to accomplish their goal. But the writers just breeze past this with a simple, haha, we're monster hunting. And then they just immediately cut to the next scene. And you're just supposed to believe that that worked and it does because the next time they're on screen they, they're like yep got, I got my bullets and it's like what the what that's like a bartender seeing like a 13 year old come up to the bar and he's like I'm 21 and it's like no you're not and it's like if I give you this and somebody finds that you're shooting bullets or like drinking beer like it's gonna come back to me and I'm gonna lose my job and I'm gonna go to prison and that's the same logic with somebody who's selling guns but that's way worse like they could kill somebody and then if the guns trace back to the guy who sold it to him like his life's fucked why the fuck would he give it to these kids who just said we're monster monster hunting? That's fucking stupid. They they don't know that monsters exist in this world, so they're that's just that's like me saying like I'm gonna go fight a dragon, <laughs> and then some guy gives me a sword. Like that's ridiculous. That's so dumb. 
another thing too. <laughs> um, after Johnny Cool Guy figures out that Will's older brother and Nancy are like hanging out and doing stuff, trying to find the answer to their brother, um, him and his cool friends, his jock friends, <laughs> take the letters for the local movie theater and they jumble it up to spell out Nancy is a slut. And, <laughs> you know, it would be one thing if it was just Nancy there and she saw that and you could just get a reaction shot of her of just like, man, boys are crude. But no, they, they do this in like Simpsons fashion where like the whole city pretty much walks past it and like moms everywhere like covering their mouths and they're like, oh my God, I can't believe this. And then somebody else is like, you know, I never really thought Nancy was a slut, but ever since the movie theater spelled it out, I, you know, I'm inclined to believe it because remember when they, they said that Star Wars was playing and it was playing? If they say Nancy's a slut, like, she's probably a slut. Like, that's okay, this is just dumb. You're just making the city dumb. The logic of the show is just, it's elementary. It's, you're really just lowering the bar. <laughs> and it's just something, it's just stuff like that. It's just little things like that. Another thing was Eleven, at one point, this whole, the whole purpose of the CIA going after her, they can't find this little girl in this small town. How the fuck can you not? How do you not have, like, a tracking device on her or anything? Like, she is prototype number one. I don't know. Like, you got to have something to find her. you got to have people on the ground constantly. And one instance that was just so ridiculous to me was, this is a small town, so there's probably, like, one supermarket. That's it. Maybe two. Ooh, two supermarkets. So hard. Where will she be? Um, she goes in. She steals some Egos. Great product placement, by the way. <sighs> Um, and she uses her powers on one of the employees, like forces him. He's like, give me money. And she's like, I don't know what that is. Boom. Force push knocks him out or something. And just walks out of the store and everybody, you have to know everybody is talking about this. Yet the CIA people are just looking around and they're like, like, like they're calling for her. Like it's a lost dog. Like 11, 11, come out. 11. Like the, they're making the CIA into bubbling idiots which they're not. They are the manipulators. They are the puppet holders and we are the puppets, you know? We are just playing in their game. <laughs> so that's just really dumb. Um, another thing that happened, uh, this is kind of like my last point, another small detail that just pissed me off and made me just completely turn off the show forever um, was in one of the final episodes, they're at like an assembly at their high school or middle school or something like that. Eleven's there, which is just fucking weird because if you're a new kid in middle school or high school, like everybody's going to know. They're going to be like, who, where are you? Who are you? What are you doing? Why are you bald? What's going on? Well, your nose is bleeding. That's weird. You're a weird new kid. Hey, new kid, you're weird. And she's just there. Nobody's doing anything about it. And bullies are being bullies to the main characters, blah, blah, blah. And she does her nosebleed power thing. Bully pees his pants. Everybody's, wow, he pees pants. What a dork. Blah, blah, blah. Gets laughed out of the gymnasium. And all the bully has to do, this is a bully, like, by movie logic and just by real life logic. If you're a bully, you're not necessarily the brightest bulb in the bin. So what, you're gonna, what a bully would do is you, me, flagpole 230, be there or be a bitch. No, he doesn't do that. <laughs> bully pulls out his daddy's, like, bowie knife, somehow tracks these kids into the woods after they're, like, searching for 11, and he pulls out the knife with his bully friend, and they meet him at, like, this cove, or this little cliff, and he gets, he gets him in this, like, complicated Catch-22 situation that, like, 40-year-old serial killers only concoct, and his kid's a middle schooler, so he's just like, you can either die by my knife, or you can jump to your death, and it's like, what, dude, you're in middle, like, just beat this kid's ass, just beat this kid's ass, like, that's it, 
You're making him kill himself? That's ridiculous. And then Will's just like, well, I don't know. My bike's over there. I can't outrun these bullies. I'm going to just do it. I'm going to jump to my death because there's no choice. Again, just dumb. And Eleven's wandering through this motherfucking forest with her egos, frozen fucking egos, and just, oh, what, what's going on? Oh, I'm going to just stumble out right in the nick of time. Oh, is Will halfway down that cove? Oop, force him. I'm going to pull him back up. Stupid deuce axe market of bullshit here. I don't know. The reason I'm mad about this show is because, like, it's just bad writing. But the the cinematography's great, like, the acting's good, and, like, the score is amazing. So it makes up for all this. But people just buy it, and they're just like, this show's great. And it's not. It's really lazy. It's really bad. And as, like, somebody trying to break into TV screenwriting, like, seeing that shit just kind of pisses me off. Like, I understand... Not everything has to be grounded in reality, but at least, like, take some inspiration. Like, give the CIA some kind of edge, man. Like, they're the CIA. Like, nobody can beat them. Our government can't even beat If the CIA wanted to become its own nation, they would become the most powerful nation in, like, two days. That was it. Like, they would, they would find a way. They have all of our secrets. Like, <laughs> they know what makes us tick. Like, it's so dumb. And you just have middle schoolers. Like, with the power of friendship, we beat the CIA. They can open up portals to hell. What the fuck do you mean you can't find four middle schoolers who are... Like, oh my god, it's so dumb. The show is so dumb. And I'm sorry if you like the show. This is just... Everybody has their own taste, but this is just something that just pisses me off. It's just stupid. Welcome back to Marky Introduces New People on the Podcast. I think I might be doing this all week, so get used to it. I guess I put one out on Monday, which offended one of our new listeners. Hello, Michael Masso. I'm glad that my baseball rant uh, made you upset. Hopefully that also made Zuby upset and all my other friends who I know played baseball. Today, I am not going to be talking about a baseball player. Going to be doing an intro for our next guest, Will Taylor. Not doing the old bait and switch like the last intro. I met Will Taylor in middle school. He lived in the same neighborhood as Kyle Gandy, and I want to say I met him through him, but I think uh, it was in school, and also my memory sucks, so I don't know. I have extremely fond memories of being privileged enough to be invited to hang out and sometimes sleep over at Will's house. He had a basement projector set up, and uh, we'd bring over Xboxes and do the LAN stuff as well, but also play on the projector Halo and FIFA tournaments, and it was just a absolutely fantastic time. My second young memory was that he came into possession of a bulk amount of Blockbuster gift cards that we would buy at a discount. We'd use these for Microsoft points or whatever we could find at Blockbuster. Um, It was essentially like free money, and that was really cool. He was also a regular on our FIFA Pro Clubs and uh, NHL Pro Club teams and provided so many laughs. Uh, We're still trying to get him back on the Pro Club scene, but I think he may have uh, matured a bit out of that for us, or maybe not. 
Uh, I'll never forget sending Will to his corner in FIFA Pro Clubs. While I wouldn't say that Will and I were ever super, super close in high school, we were pretty solid friends. Anyways, I go to GVSU and Will goes off to MSU and our path cr- paths cross every so often during this time. I hear through the grapevine later in our college days that he's starting little companies and just generally being a rad dude. Some of those companies, I believe, was started was the York Project, which is based out of Detroit. It has some pop-ups uh, throughout Metro Detroit. If you don't know what it is, please go look it up. They're not only a really, really beautifully branded and cool merch, they also donate a homeless kit to uh, homeless in Detroit for every purchase made, I believe, and you can donate through their site. They're doing a lot of good work while also just being a generally rad company. Um, but we would see each other every so often through my visits to MSU or being back home for the holidays. Uh, after college, he goes off to New York City to do more fun stuff. At this time, post-college, a couple years as I hear what Hill's doing in New York, all that fun stuff... I won't lie, there was a bit of a man crush from a distance developing here. Though it, through it starting his little companies, which was super inspiring and something that I've always wanted to do, and then moving out of Michigan for the big city was definitely something that I knew I needed to do. I know that I was constantly telling people, I'm going to move to Chicago because some of my friends have moved to Chicago, which I never ended up doing, but I did eventually move out of Michigan uh, for Portland. But the last time I saw William in person, I'm pretty sure I read him an entire socialist manifesto drunk at Zuby's wedding. Well, after Zuby's, not Zuby's wedding, Gerbs' wedding in Nashville. Um, I remember, but I also remember having just really great talks and just getting on super well with Will once again. And yeah, having talks about just life and how you should operate and how you should really just do what you, you know, really care about. Nowadays, I go for Will for advice on my company and also professional advice for my career. Uh, About a year ago, I think I first reached out to him about that. And of course, he's provided me delightful insight about his experiences thus far, the things that he's learned. But the thing I always take away from my talks with Will is that he's always genuine and heartfelt. Even when I limp in with half-baked ideas for a company or like career stuff, he just makes... It's very obvious that he genuinely cares about what you're saying and he listens and gives really, really great advice, really candid advice as well. And Will is somebody that Kyle and I were both extremely stoked to have on the podcast. So without further ado, Will Taylor. Wow, I took up the five minutes. Okay. Will Taylor. Check, 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 check. This is Will Taylor recording for the Secret Podcast. It is 11.07 p.m. Eastern Time. I'm in Brooklyn, New York, 
sitting on my roof. I apologize for any background noise in advance. My headphones are dead. And I'm speaking directly into the phone. I'm out overlooking a view of Manhattan, which is pretty cool. The Empire State Building is lit up with Knicks colors. I guess they're playing tonight. And I am finally taking the time to record one of these after weeks of procrastination, wanting to find the perfect topic and ultimately delivering (laughs) a handful of excuses for why I have not recorded one yet. And then in that, realize that the reasons why I hadn't recorded one are the exact reasons why I should and exactly what I should talk about. It's been a pretty wild few weeks for myself as we enter the 13th month of the pandemic. I've been working out of my bedroom for almost that entirety. I have really reprioritized a lot of my life and feel like I have a, a much better understanding of what what is important to me and where I want to spend my time and, and where I want to focus. And that has really come, come as an avalanche of things to do, emotions to navigate. Um, and I guess, I guess that's it. Um, as I sit here, it's April 8th, I think. I'm trying to contemplate when is the right time to quit my job. That's something I've been wanting to do for a, a long time now. I have plans to ultimately return to Detroit and work with an old friend on a business that we we were running together almost five years ago now. It's a pretty poetic, I guess, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, Re-engagement, if you will. Um, You know, when I moved here, it was always with the kind of the idea that I would ultimately come back and run this business. Um, and even when I would say it, like I was never quite sure that that I believed that. I was never sure that it would happen. I always kind of felt like I would get swept away in New York. And, and to be fair, I did. <laughs> I did for, for a minute. Um, but through through the last year, really prioritizing what's important to me, it was important to me that this is what I'd be doing. Um, I don't want to waste any more time doing anything that I don't want to do. I want to work with people I care about, doing something I care about for a community that I care about. And it's really as simple as that. So I'm pretty excited for this next chapter. But with that, I have three months left in New York, three months of a, a four-year stunt. Um, you know, my, my lease is up at the end of June. In June, I turn 27. 
in June. It'll be my four-year anniversary of having moved to New York with nothing but a backpack, a plane ticket, and a, a word from a dude that I met on Craigslist that I would have a, a bedroom when I arrived. Um, and to be wrapping things up here, you know, four years later with some of the best friends I could have ever asked for, some of the greatest experiences I could have ever imagined, um, and just feeling like a, I guess, a completely different person in a lot of ways, uh, a fully developed person is maybe a better way to describe it. Um, it's hard not to get sentimental. It, it really is. Um, and I, I've been fully, fully living that and, and experiencing that over the last few weeks, and I'm sure it'll only get more intense. Um, there's just a lot to, it's a lot to navigate, to be honest. Um, on top of it, <laughs> on top of it, I, I felt like this would be a good time to buy a house. I've not bought a house. I, I have not bought a house. I, uh, I was going to buy a house that I did not need and I could probably barely afford um, purely because I was caught up in the emotion. And uh, as I I stay, as I laid awake in bed staring at the ceiling, I realized that one significant change does not necessarily mean you need to change everything. I didn't need to completely abandon everything that I had learned about myself or uh, experienced over the last four years. Um, Things can remain much more fluid uh, than I guess I originally thought. And, and I feel very at peace with that. And it's, it's really making, making this period of life a lot more palatable. Um, so I, I feel like I'm in a good, good headspace now. I'm, I'm very excited about the next few months. It's going to be sad. It's going to be exciting. It's going to be a whole range of emotions, um, but it feels right. It feels really good, um, and I and I can't wait to be doing something that I'm actually proud of. That when when someone asks me, I don't have to act like I don't care about what I'm doing or downplay it because I'm not proud of it. I I'm going to be living my my truest self, and I, I think the biggest thing I've learned over the last few months as I've slowly come to this conclusion is that I have never ever felt more comfortable in my own skin and I guess as a parting word to anyone listening to this is that do whatever it is that makes you feel like your authentic self there is nothing in the world that can replace that feeling and that is the only thing that you deserve. And on that note, I think I've far exceeded the five minutes. Thank you, Kyle and Ryan, for allowing me to do this. Uh, I hope it. I hope it makes for an interesting soundbite. Love you guys. Be good.